Hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World at War Comics, and today we have a very special guest. Um, but before we get into that, please remember this podcast does not work unless you subscribe, unless you hit that notification bell. Please do that for us. It really helps us with the algorithm, and it also allows you to know when all of these great interviews are being done. So hit that subscribe button for us and help us be successful. Also, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Cien Chili's, the best hot sauce that you could buy. Go to C-I-E-N-C-H-I-L-E-S.com and use comics at checkout and you will save 15% off your total bill. Um, I'm telling you, the Thai bird, fantastic. The jalapeno, the habanero, you can't go wrong. I even have a mustard seed sauce. All right. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Comic Crusaders. I'm a writer for Comic Crusaders. You should be reading Comic Crusaders. If you want someone who's going to give you the best reviews on comics, comic book movies, music, go to ComicCrusaders.com. All right, without further ado, today's guest, very special guest today is the extraordinary artist, Justin Greenwood. He is a co-creator for Torrent with Mark Gutenheim. Check that out. It was a five-part series. Um, I actually fell in love with this, but man, Justin has been involved in a lot of other amazing things like uh, The Last Siege, um, The Old Guard, Crone, Lazarus, um, Stumptown. He has been involved in a lot of amazing artwork for a lot of amazing comic book companies, and he has partnered with Mark on a couple of projects. This is their new one. As a co-creator of Torrent, I'm really looking forward to talking to him and bringing you this story. It's an amazing story. If you haven't read Torrent, please get it. Um, it came out this year, and it is fantastic. All right, without further ado, here is Justin and I. Thanks, everybody. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to World at War Comics today. My special guest, Mr. Justin Greenwood. Justin, thanks for joining us today. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. I feel like we've been talking about this for a minute. It's nice to formally oh, yeah. uh, get together and chat, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, I reached out you out to you mainly because of Torrent, but I mean, you have such an amazing career. I thought maybe we could start from the very beginning of how you got into all this and your passion, and then maybe sure. we could go over some of your other projects, and then we can end with Torrent or whatever else you're working on right now. Is that all right? No, that's fine. Yeah, of course. Awesome. So where did this uh, passion for comics begin? Was it like most of us as a kid running to your local comic book store or drugstore and picking up a comic? Yeah. Well, there we didn't have a comic store when I was little in, in mm -hmm. town. Um, and when one showed up, I was pumped. But um, my bridge into comics was my, my dad is an artist and uh, he he did custom paint and pinstriping. And, um, and he was an awesome storyteller too. So I kind of had a love for both of those things really early on. Yeah. And, um, he would be he was really into like car magazines i don't know i feel like magazine culture has kind of gone away which is a bummer but when i was yeah. growing up man, our household like our table was just full of like uh biker magazines and car magazines and like lowrider and like all these different ones like racing yeah. magazines really into racing and so it was a real uh regular trip in our household we grew up in the east bay and mm -hmm. we would drive over to this this shop uh on b street in hayward and it was a full magazine store you know there was one in oakland delowers that there was this one there was like, there were a handful of them yeah and um you know, my dad wanted time to look through the magazine, so he just parked us in front of the comics and yeah. we liked looking at the art. And um, I really feel like when I think back to where my love for comics started, it really started with just sitting down there and just pouring over whatever was out. You know, it's yeah. not like you understood uh, like schedules. You didn't recognize that books came out on a Wednesday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're too little. You're just when you yeah. showed up, and there were new books. You were pumped. And then you just yeah. read as much as you could in that 20 minute window. And then I usually could talk him into buying at least one or two books. 
Yeah. And I grew up a real Marvel kid, you know? I, yeah. I, um, I loved Wolverine. I loved X-Men. And then eventually, when I got old enough, they, uh, you know, um, Crush Comics uh, started in Castro Valley. Now there's like 25 right. years. Maybe, maybe more than that. Um, and I remember going in there and being like, whoa, it's a place that's just dedicated to comics. Like, this <laughs> is so awesome. And I would spend all the money I had getting comics yeah. and building my little collection. Yeah, so, yeah. Do you still have a lot of that today? Uh, yeah, a lot. Of, I'll bet you I have all of it, to be honest. Nice, I, man. I have a bunch of old long boxes. And if I went really digging around, I'd, I'd find a section that was just super old. It would be like Sectar comics, and it would be, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Spider-Man versus uh, G.I. Joe. Remember, there's like a G.I. Joe versus Transformers. Like all these. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they were all the same properties I was watching as a kid. I'm in yep. my mid-40s. I, I watched all these cartoons. So yeah. um, I had the comic versions of a lot of that stuff, too. And I was really into yeah. it, but. Yeah, when you the know, Transformer movie came out, I was really, I think, affected emotionally yeah. and psychologically when Optimus Prime died. I think that's the one thing that I remember that really probably damaged me for a long time. Hey, spoilers, spoilers, man. I know. And, and you know what? It was such an and, and the G.I. Joe movie, too. I, I don't oh, know. They yeah. just felt big because you, you felt like the thing you love is getting this whole other run, a yeah, whole, whole yeah. other version of it. And it was... It was awesome. And then when I yeah. found the comics, I was like, oh, the comics are like almost mature versions of this. Like they were treated a little more because they were hiring legit writers, comic writers to work on this. Yeah, stuff. yeah absolutely. Generally pretty good. So um, I think for a long time, I thought like, oh, I like to draw in. Um, I love comic books. Maybe someday I'll draw like I want to draw X. I want to draw some X-Men book or a Wolverine yeah. book. for sure. And yeah. um, and then around the time I was like 14 or 15, we were going to my first WonderCon, my dad took me to a convention and it was Oakland then. It wasn't even San Francisco. It was, it was far enough yeah. back to where it was Oakland. Really? Was it pretty and, small at that time? Yeah, yeah. Much smaller than like what it is now for yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, it happened to be the same uh, WonderCon that, that Image kicked off. Image, like oh. all the all the Image creators were there. And like 93, there somewhere around there, 94, 92? Yeah. And I was yeah. reading those, you know, I was reading those X books. I was reading that stuff. So for me, I was like, oh my God, like these guys in my mind, they were they were the rock stars. Yeah. They, overall, you know, the central message was make your own thing and tell your own story. And I didn't understand like ownership or any of that stuff. I just yeah. never thought about it. And so, I don't know. It really changed my perspective. I kind of went from that convention from being like, oh, I want to draw X books someday to kind of making my own stories and, and working for image or working with image someday and yeah. um luckily it worked out which is pretty pretty awesome you know yeah, i think it worked out yeah yeah <laughs> you've done a few things with image I mean, so so far so good yeah. yeah so far so good i think you're doing all right yeah um what I'll was the ahead. first project professionally that you started on justin yeah the first thing i worked on and this is actually kind of ties back into torrent um mm -hmm. you know i went to art school sometime later and i yep. and i i I said to myself, okay, I'm going to start with comics. I, I felt like I want to draw something and comics yeah. the most. And so I'm going to focus on that first and give myself a little time to kind of understand that industry better and, and get out there. And hopefully I'll, I'll start there and see if I can make it work. Yeah. And um, I used to take my portfolio around and then again, like to WonderCon, but at that point it's in San Francisco or whatever local shows I could make it to and try and get feedback and see about getting someone to look at it and hire me. And on yeah. one of those trips, I met um, James Lucas Jones, who was with Oni Press for a long time. Mm. And I pitched them something that I felt like would fit. And he said, you know, we're, we're not going to do this book. Like, we're, we have our hands full with lots of stuff. But but your art does fit things we have on our desk right now. I think maybe, if, you know, let's stay in contact and see if we can find something that uh, is a good fit for you. Yeah. And that, that project ended up being Resurrection. Probably a year later or so, I was drawing this 
the relaunch of Resurrection, which was wow. with Mark Guggenheim. Uh, yeah. they had, the editor had pairs together, and they were. It was Oni's first. Um, if I remember, it's the first color series they did ongoing because they had been black and white. It was. Yeah. It was finally at a time when like printing color books was more reasonably priced, and you could actually, you know, even a company that was a little smaller could do like a full run of, of color, ongoing series. Nice. And so that was my very first project, and um, you know, fortunately, all these years later, Mark and I have stayed in contact, and we worked yeah. on things off and on together. And this was the newest thing we did together at this point. Yeah, I, I saw that you've done a couple things, and you co-created a couple things with him. You uh, know, off the top of your head, uh, how many different projects that you've done together that have made it to print through some of these uh, publishers? Yeah, this is our third, our third book together, our third our series third, together. Third series, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And I imagine it won't be the last one. You know, we talk about, uh, I talk to him with some frequency and uh, we love working together. So I'm, I'm, I would say it's likely we'll end up doing something else down the road too, you know? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny uh, when you're starting out, you're just hopeful to get mm -hmm. work and you'll take whatever you can get to get started and get yeah, something absolutely. well. And you're, and you're just uh, kind of banking on editors, placing you with the right teams. But um, yeah, I've been really lucky, man. As time has gone on, you, you start to um, get to know people and make connections mm -hmm. and relationships with folks. Mm -hmm. And um at this stage, you know, so many of the things I work on are creator own and it comes from teaming up with people I know and saying we should do something together. And um, fortunately, I'm just blessed to know a lot of people with great ideas. And, and it's just my career has kind of taken a turn from kind of waiting to hear about the next thing to kind of finding it on our own and building it ourselves, which is which is a nice is a pretty nice way to go. Yeah, that sounds like it sounds yeah. awesome. When did you get hooked up with Image? What was the first title that you did with Image? Because you've done uh, about five or six things with Image now, right? Whether on the art side or creator-owned, right? Yeah. Um, the first thing I did was the Fuse. So I had oh, worked okay. on uh, Wasteland with Anthony Johnson at yeah. uh, Omni Press also. Mm -hmm. And we enjoyed working together so much that at one point he reached out and said, hey, I have this series, uh, this sci-fi book. It's like a sci-fi crime thing. I think you'd be a good fit for it. And um, if you're interested in it, it's already been greenlit. Like I've talked to Image about it. They're ready for it. I think I think they would love to have you on. Um, what do you think about it? And I, I, I thought the premise was super strong. It was, uh, yeah. I think the way he pitched it was uh, like Homicide set on Battlestar Galactica. Which <laughs> yeah. was pretty cool. I, you know, I never, I couldn't get into Battlestar Galactica. It was my only hang up. I, don't, I know it is a fan favorite for so many people. Yeah. But I uh, never got into that series. But regardless, I love the premise. I love the idea. Yeah. yeah. It's basically, a, a you know, a, a crime procedural. Uh, but on a space station. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first thing we did. It ran four volumes. Actually, it was a it was a totally awesome book. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's crazy because in my mind, it does not that long ago. But I, I mean, mm -hmm. I'll bet we wrapped it up at least eight or nine years ago now, which is crazy. crazy. Seven years ago. Time flies, huh? Was yeah. it uh, because you grew up? You mentioned the story about going to WonderCon and seeing Image and being kind of affected and how you perceive comics moving forward, right? You don't have to just hope that the big two notice your art now you could be a creator yeah. like how, what was that feeling of doing something for the first time with image knowing that you grew up a big fan of them oh i mean it's uh, just a really gratifying you know it, it, it could have been anything right it's not like one publisher is necessarily better than the other they all offer for sure things. but the thing that you look at in your mind as the apex when you're young yeah. stays the apex forever kind of you for know? sure yeah, no yeah. No matter who comes along. And so in my mind, that was like, that's the big time. You know, you get an image book on your belt and you're really done something. You can you can say you did something substantial in comics. And yeah. I still really feel that way. You know, it's a it's they're an incredible company. I like working with them. Mm -hmm. And um, they tend to support they've been for one thing, they've been super supportive of our books, but broadly yeah. speaking, they support interesting projects, you know, and I feel like if they like it, yeah, uh, we're a long ways towards getting something other people are gonna like too. 
know? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's incredible, man. You know, the, as a, as a writer, right. You're kind of limited to how much verbiage you could put in a comic book. So you really depend on the art to tell a large portion of that story. Right. And so that kind of dance or whatever you want to call it between a writer and an artist is extremely important because a story is being told equally, I think, um, in most cases. Yeah. Um, and you, it seems like you you just mentioned that you've been very fortunate to be connected to others that have really worked out. Can you kind of speak to that feeling of working with a really good artist or uh, writer as an good artist line. and yeah. that kind of back and forth and what yeah, that yeah, looks yeah. like? Yeah. Um, you know, I often think of that kind of collaboration is a little bit like translating, you know, I'll get a script and at the beginning, you know, when I start out, I'm just trying to get it exactly how it was asked for, you know, yeah. but as time has gone on, you, you have your own point of view and your own perspective. And hopefully that's why you people chose to work with you in the first place is you offer yeah. something unique also. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and likewise, you want to work with writers who offer something unique and you don't want people who, who are doing things that you think are interesting or else, you know, you would probably be bored to tears after a while. Yeah, for uh, sure. But you know, I, I usually try and boil something down to what the po- really think about what the point is and then yeah. how to make that point as effectively as possible. And sometimes that means changing things a bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. it means keeping it exactly the same. And, you know, all, all writers are different, right? I mean, some yeah. writers are very visually driven, especially ones who, who were artists at one time. Mm-hmm. They have a much stronger sense of what the something, what they think something should look like. Yeah. I have writers uh, who I work with who are, they, they're really just focused on the emotional content and they're not worried yeah. about the visual. They just trust you to figure that out yeah yeah the relationship can change it just depends on who who you are working with and what the project is mm-hmm. but um at this stage as an artist i feel like um that's the thing you bring is the, that part of that storytelling is yeah. uh part of i think hopefully is my is my strength as a storyteller is offering a version of that that really when they look at it they say oh man this makes this point so well like you hit that yeah. beat so hard and, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit like music you're building a rhythm and you're building a yeah. tempo and reading the script and saying how do i do that visually how can i this feeling I'm supposed to feel, maybe that feeling is uh, fear or tension. How do I build that tension in a way to where not only do I get that tension, but then it pays off too, you know? Um, yeah. And that's the fun of it. You know, that's the challenge of it. I, I actually yeah. love that part. And I, I hear people sometimes lament about having to do breakdowns. Mm. But for me, that's the real fun is like uh, the challenge of really bringing something and trying to make the most out of it. Yeah. You know? I love that part. Yeah. You know? Is there a lot of communication back and forth during that process or do you just get like the whole script and then you just start page by page going through that and the trust is there? I mean, you, you already have such a great career. I assume that the trust is just there and you just do your thing, but is there still a lot of back and forth in between? Yeah. And it depends on the relationship I have with, with the creative team, but I mean, take Torn yeah. as an example, you know, I ran into Mark in San Diego. I think it was the last San Diego before like COVID shut down. Okay. And uh, we said, dude, it's so good. You know, it's good to hang out. We, we were hanging out. We said, let's, uh, we should do something again, you know? And so sometime later, Mark sent me like a, like a bunch of ideas and they were just log lines, you know, basically uh, like one or two sentences, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe eight or 10 of them. And I, I ran through them and I thought, oh, you know, this one with Torn is pretty strong. Like I want to do a superhero. I have not, in all this time I've been drawing comics, I have not yeah. done superheroes. And I thought yeah. this would be pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought the premise was awesome. I, I love the idea of doing this. I feel like the expression, like a gritty take on superheroes is so generally overdone. Yeah. I don't believe that's that true of this book, but it was true that the book yeah. has a sort of a violent um, streak. I mean, it's a, it's For a sure. story about a, it's a, it's a tough story about somebody who is desperate. And yeah. um, I like that. I like it. It kind of utilizes aspects of comics I've done in the past, but taking an, a fresh perspective on it. 
for sure. So I liked it. And so I sent it back to him. I said, I, I would like to do this one is the one I get most excited about. Yeah. And so, you know, he then goes to work on building a little outline of that. But it's like a few pages, you know, just like a broad strokes breakdown of what that story would look like the way he intended it. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll review that and say, oh, this is awesome. What if we did this? And, you know, I kind of I kick some ideas back and forth. Yeah. But if you love it at that stage, you're probably going to love it always. Yeah. I feel like that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, and so you dig in. And so from that from that interaction, I'll do sketches, maybe or I'll start breaking stuff down and kind of giving my take on it. Here, here's what I think would be cool. What do you think about this? And, you know, it's a, it is a lot of back and forth at that point. Yeah. But once it's settled, uh, then, yeah, then we then we do the thing that we both know how to do, right? He goes yeah. and he builds scripts out of it and he sends them along and I'm working on the art. And then we we talk about what colorist would like. We brought in Rico Renzi and we brought in Keith Wood. I mean, it, the thing about this project is it, it's people I, I know really well. And it's just yeah. really exciting to get to work with them. And we get yeah. this chance to tell a cool story. And I have, and you can have faith in every part in that team that they're going to bring their best work. And, and that that's a lot of fun because it makes you excited for everything. Every issue you work on is like a new experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you also kind of speak to character development and how involved an artist is from a character development standpoint? Cause I assume as a writer, right. There's a kind of a rough picture of like who Michelle would be, but the artist is really coming in and say, okay, she should really look like this. And her uniform should look like this, whatever that looks like. Can you kind of talk to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably different for every partnership, but like, uh, I mean, there's, well, like, I don't know, in the case of Torn, as an example, I think originally it was, it was the, like, Michelle was uh, Michael, I think it was like a guy, originally, oh, okay. the original premise of the story, and as we talked about it, it just seemed like this would be so much more interesting if, it, if she was a mom, if it was a mom, I just yeah, think that's, yeah. a, that's a way more interesting take on that, and so did Mark, um, but you know, I don't know, it's, it's hard to, pick out a conversation and say oh it's like this this was yeah. the thing that changes or this was, it's, it's just kind of a back and forth that that develops yeah, yeah um and so you know when i read a script i have a feeling about how i think that should look mm -hmm. and then i present that and then you know I'll, I'll bet you like in the case of her costume whatever there's probably 15 versions of that that are rough <laughs> small they're really small and simple drawings sure. um and then we go what do, which one of these do you like or do you feel like this is closer to what you had in mind or and, you know we just kind of kick it around so we find the version that seems to be the best fit you know yeah and yeah. if you have that open dynamic with your collaborators and generally we do that mm -hmm. process is pretty seamless it's just sort yeah. of like uh spitballing you know but yeah once you know it sounds fun too yeah it is fun it's i mean it's super fun I, that's yeah. the thing that's crazy about this job i yesterday i was uh I went to my wife, my wife is a teacher and, and they wow. asked if uh, I could come in and talk to the kids about like being an artist and what that's like. And, you know, you presenting it like it's a very formal thing, but it's, it's fun. I think it, yeah. the problem in comedy is when you lose sight of that and yeah. it, that's when stuff starts to feel stale and, and mm -hmm. uh, kind of dry, but I don't know, man, if, if it's not fun, I don't know why you would choose comics in the first place. It's such a crazy industry. It's, it's yeah. like a little cottage industry where you get to tell stories a really certain yeah. to a really specific crowd. Yeah. They never generally get, like a, it's not like television or movies where the where the audience is gigantic. You're you're just really speaking to people who also love comics, and if you mm -hmm. if you're really into it, it really shows. I think. You yeah, know? yeah. And you can see when it doesn't too. I mean, with respect to folks, I mean, sometimes you see something sure. and you're just like, oh my god, I don't know what is going on here. Like it just feels like no one is having fun. They're doing yeah. the job, but they're just not. It just doesn't look enjoyable, you know. And I I think again, you, you wouldn't know for sure as a reader, but I think as a reader, you could tell as well. I, think so, I, I know as a reader, I could tell immediately if the artist and the writer don't have a lot of collaboration. Yeah. Because the writer will be saying something and you could see the artist was trying to do that, but maybe the artist didn't fully understand 
what the writer was trying to portray. And so yeah. they did what their best to their ability, but because there was no communication, they didn't iron out some of the specifics. And as a reader, you're reading, you're like, it's just like they're out of sync somehow, yeah, you, right? You, you just feel it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just sense like, it. It's a lot like music. I mean, yeah. sometimes you see something that's technically so proficient. Yeah. And you're like, wow, look at the ability of these people. But you just don't care. It doesn't feel like yeah. there's a point. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you hear something that's rough and sloppy, but it, what you get out of it is an emotional connection that you can't maybe fits that, that song or whatever so perfectly that, um, you know, it really pays off in a way you wouldn't expect. And I think that's, that's true. Creator owned, specifically with creator owned comics. And yeah. I like, I like big two stuff also for sure. Yeah. But um, the reason I work in creator owned comics, I like that connection. I like those relationships yeah. and I think it shows a lot of times, you know? Yeah, no, fully agree. Yeah. And you made a comment that it was, it might've started off as Michael and then it became Michelle and I could tell you if it was Michael, I'm not sure some of the emotional effects of reading the comic book would have came out the way they did. But to your point, as a mom going through some of those things and experiencing, like we don't want to give the yeah. whole premise of the book away, but sure. it's incredible because, man, when I was reading it, it touches on so many different emotions, excitement. Like you said, it does get pretty graphic from the, the fighting scenes and the blood and stuff like that, which is I absolutely love. Yeah. So I got I got that out of my system reading this. But then there's this emotional side, too, because there's a family involved that's been a, um, affected in a negative way. And yeah. to see that from a mother's perspective, I thought was really cool, too. Awesome. Yeah, I, I did, too. And, you know, it, it, that stuff just happens organically. But it's, it gets back to that same thought. You know, what is the what is the point of this book? What are we trying to do? What's the best yeah. way to get there? And, um, yeah. you know, hopefully you're on a, and, uh, I generally on teams where we're all on the same on the same page with that. And yeah. I think also some of that style choice, like in this book in particular, because there has that, that it does have that violence. I felt like using a, a little more open line animated style, like Rico's doing like a more like an animated style in the color. Yeah. It makes this stuff feel more graphic to me because it feels playful at first and then it's not. And then suddenly it's like really not playful. Yeah, exactly. And um, I just think it, it just pays off. Uh, it was just really fun to, to try and pull that off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it came through and, um, that's why I originally, like I said, before we started recording, reached out to you because man, I just loved it. And I was, Thanks. I'm hopeful that somehow this will continue down the future. We'll see what happens, but, it uh, could. It could. what was Something his name? Slipstream. Slipstream, I think was one of the characters at the yeah. end, which, you know, hopefully maybe could play a part, but yeah, it was just so awesome, man. Yeah, man. We, we do have plans for other stories, especially, I mean, the world is big. Uh, yeah. Even if the story didn't directly pick up, you could do lots of stuff with these characters. I mean, that was the yeah. fun of, of creating it. And, you know, I don't know, growing up, uh, like loving superhero books as a kid. Yeah. That, was, that unexpected quality in comics is what made it fun from week to week or from month to month. You never knew what you were yeah. going to get. And I feel like um, that's that energy we try to capture in this book, too. You know, yeah. I, I enjoyed about those books growing up. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Because you, you made that comment and it is kind of funny after you said it that growing up a superhero fan and not really getting an opportunity to do a superhero book until mm -hmm. Torrent. I mean, have you considered like why it didn't happen sooner or were you trying to get into like a superhero book? It just didn't happen, but was that kind of on your bucket list? Like eventually I want to do this. Well, I felt like I'll get to it. I, yeah. I yeah. If, I, if, I, if I'm able to stick around long enough, like, knows, <laughs> but, but um, although I did grow up on superhero books, I, I, now as a as an adult check yeah. out tons of stuff right like i love oh, yeah. things. i like uh, sci i do like sci-fi a lot I like me too sometimes. Yeah. and so you know as 
projects come along, I'm not really yeah. hung up on uh, doing superheroes so much as just telling what I think are really cool stories. That's a good point. Yeah. And then when you get to that, and then in this case, we get to tell a cool story that's in a superhero world. It's like, oh, that's cool. This is on my checklist of things I'd love to do. Yeah. This would be awesome. And I think I ended up drawing an issue of Batman, like right around the time this came out or just before. Like I ended up with that opportunity, but it yeah. wasn't mine, you know, and as yeah. much as I like it and I do enjoy uh, drawing stuff like that. It's really cool, especially like legacy characters who, who have such a, yeah. who do have a, a really big audience. It's really fun to work with that. But For sure, yeah. you know, my heart's in the things that we get to make up. And I guess, uh, you know, maybe I'm just a little spoiled, but if I can continue to do that, I'll, I'll probably try and do that as long as I can. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I always think about being a writer on like Batman or Superman, which would be fantastic because I love those characters. Yeah. But then you start to think like you might have a really unique story, but it doesn't fit within the canon of that character. So you can't yeah. tell that story. Right. And so there are limits to what you can't, at least there should be because you have well, this canon, right? Some parameters. Right. And yeah, about some, and yeah. the thing is it's an established character. So regardless of, what anybody's yep. telling you to do you still have to fit within the parameters of what's expected of that character too as long as you can justify yeah. it in a way you can twist that yeah um, i mean i guess a good example of that is uh my friend tony fleece hit me up because he was writing an army of darkness tony he said, yeah he's such wanna... a good guy he's awesome he's awesome and so he said you want to do uh, would you be interested in doing i'm writing a sequel of uh -huh. army of darkness uh for dynamite right now would you be interested in, in drawing it and like it's exactly the same thing so i get to work with a friend and we're going to yeah. treat it like a creator own book but it is you know we do have to answer to a licensor if they don't like something yeah. we'll have to change it but um, yeah at this point we're two-thirds i'm i'm like four issues into it. i just i'm starting on the fifth issue and we're cooking and that's uh, awesome we don't really get much pushback on the ideas and a part of that is because tony knows who that character is and just yeah is nailing the writing so yeah well him and tim seeley have put together with local man is just mm -hmm. so good man it's great yeah so good i love that storyline and uh yeah i gotta get him on the show somehow but i had tim seeley on and we nerded out because i think all of us are about the same age so we talked before and after the show about he-man gi joe uh -huh. transformers well, it was that, just that, Tim Seeley's really living in the heart of that, right? Like he's written oh. all those properties. Like it's yeah. not just that he likes that stuff, but he's, uh, he's I think he had a checklist of, I need to write something for GI Joe, which he's already done. I need yeah. to do transformers. Now he's doing he man. So he's been able to write that off. So yeah, it's been fun to, to kind of see him be able to fulfill these lifelong dreams of either doing art or writing yeah. uh, for some of these uh, IPs. And it's been pretty cool, man. Yeah, he's been on fire. I mean, uh, that dude writes so much stuff. I can't believe it. I, I, I thought Tony writes a lot of stuff, and Tim Seeley is just uh, out of control, man. That he's everywhere. I told him that. I said, Tim, I could look at an independent shelf, and you probably write 30% of it. Like, <laughs> how do you find time for that? Yeah, that's probably an exaggeration, but I was like, dude, you're out of, you are out of control. He goes, I'm like not sure if that's answer. good or not. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good for him. He's, he's, he's killing it, but uh, yeah. I'd like to know the answer, too. Like, he really... I don't know. It's hard. I mean, there's you. You feel like at a point, there's only so much you can do. But then yeah. meeting somebody like him really redefines that because he's just working so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Now, now, going back to your childhood, um, you mentioned some of the characters. Like, what were the characters that really impacted you, or the comic books? And then, even beyond that, is there like a favorite artist that is like your top, or like a couple of them that you really looked up to, and that maybe you've Kind of taken a little bit of what they did and added that to your own style yeah i mean style is such a funny thing right like it's yeah. all in that cake it's all they're all ingredients i don't know yep. where one starts and, and one good point yeah it's it's actually it's funny um i mean i think well, I, for one thing i grew up on all those early x books at least like 80s and 90s books right 
Um, yeah. I remember when I was like, I don't know, maybe third or fourth grade, I would ride my bike to the local market. It was, it was like a Seven Eleven, but like a little family owned one. And they had yeah. a comic rack in there, which at that time was kind of common. I feel like that's, that doesn't really exist anymore. But yeah, I would just sit there and pour over. They were, I don't know why in the world they would let me do it. Honestly, like I look back and think they were so patient, but I would just read everything on the rack. Whatever they had, I would just sit there and read it all. <laughs> And then, and then I would typically pick up some X book or new mutants or whatever it was at that time. Yeah. So those artists, those early artists, you know, it'd be hard to deny that stuff. Like John Romita jr. As an oh, example. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah. I, I feel like, um, I might not think of his art first. I think of somebody who's a little flashier, maybe, uh, yeah. like they came later and yeah. that was kind of more focused on who are, we start, you get to a point when you're an artist where you're, you're like, who are my influences? That's interesting. Yeah. I can see some stuff more clearly. Yeah. Um, but I look at it now and realize like that sense of volume and that sense of energy is so big. Somebody like that was, was a huge influence, but it's, yeah. and it's that formative time when you're first reading something and first catching that, that um, connection. And I think, I, I mean, honestly, even uh, related to torrent, uh, Rick Leonardi is one of those people, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will, and it's happened more than once where somebody will say, you know, your art style reminds me of Rick Leonardi. And I don't think of him as so much as a big influence. And yet he's absolutely in there because I've spent so much time looking at that art. Yeah. And so bringing yeah. him on to do variant covers for Torrent was uh, Rico's the one that introduced us. Was like, this That's is cool. red because you get this classic feel on these books that yeah. um, you're kind of in a circle, right? I mean, mm -hmm. in terms of influence, which is pretty pretty fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I love that early all those superhero books in the 80s and nice and early in my mind may not be early to somebody who's older, but uh, I just love that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all relative, right? But I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm a couple years older than you but i think we grew up on the same thing so yeah i mean x-men when I, when wolverine was first introduced i lost my mind um that character yeah. was so amazing but then i remember growing up and there must have been seven six or seven spider-man um titles out you had peter parker amazing yeah. um what else? the web of spider-man when that came out yeah, was so, yeah. there were just so many choices and it was really only spider-man that was like that Everything else, you just had one title. And then Spider-Man, because it was so huge, it had like six or seven. And I remember I had to pick one. My mom's like, you're not buying seven comic books every time these yeah, come out. So which sure. one do you want? And I went with Web of Spider-Man at the time just because it was new and I could start with number one and work my yep. way up. And yeah. Amazing was already far out of reach by that time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I, you I felt love like that you were time. getting in on the ground floor. of Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. But I look at I look at my art now and, and I think the stuff I, you know, when I started to really draw and think about drawing yeah. um, professionally, I, I feel like that stuff shows really easy. Like Frank Miller, you know, yeah. Eduardo, those real contrast heavy. And then I, and then I guess if you boil them down, it's like that early Toth style where it's a little more yeah. minimal, but it's uh, real graphic looking. Mm -hmm. you know, stuff, John Paul Leon. I, I just love the, those sensibilities, that real graphic style. And I think that probably rubbed off a lot. Yeah, that yeah. A bit later, you know yeah yeah what about like a mark silvestri or uh yeah for sure yeah i mean i mean the thing is like I, is that in my art sometimes i see it um yeah it might not be in your art but it, was it something that kind of influenced you that you wanted to get into art maybe oh man i loved it i loved it yeah. i mean especially silvestri right and jim lee i mean basically all those image guys before they were image guys and they were marvel yeah marvel, boy i read that stuff religiously and i loved yeah. it and it was like that was my pinnacle of cool art i just thought that stuff was so rad yeah. And I still do. In fact, yeah. recently with Dan Green passed away and it got uh we about a month earlier, I was sitting with a bunch of artists that we were chatting on the side and we yeah. started looking at Dan Green inks specifically on Sylvester and then on other people too. 
Yeah. But he was just so talented. His mark making made everything feel so dynamic. Mm-hmm. And um, well, anyhow, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I just think I just yeah. incredible. I still think it's incredible. Yeah. And and you see that group still making stuff to this day. It's pretty pretty awesome. You know, pretty amazing. Yeah. Man. I always think of uh, Eric Larson still working on that same property now. Yeah, Savage Dragon. Dragon comics. I mean, like that's that's the dream. If you can find that thing you really yeah. love that much, where you're just working it out, um, man, it's incredible. You know. Yeah, he. I know uh, Todd McFarlane broke the record um, for longest running. I think independent, um, but I think he might be second with Savage Dragon. He's got to be like in two eighty, maybe issue two eighty, yeah. two seventy something. So he's right there. Yeah, they'd be duking it out, right? And with respect, I think, um, you know, Eric Larson has been doing the whole thing the whole time. It's not like he... Uh, That's incredible. ...building teams to continue working on it, which... That's a good with point. Respect, ...is totally awesome, too. Uh, yeah. With that, but he's been over there on that character that whole time. And yeah. seems like a, it seems like he's having a blast, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's... Like, when you see all those guys, it seems like he is always very steady in his yeah. demeanor, right? He seems like he's always in a good mood. He just enjoys life. At least the times that I've seen him and met him, um, yeah. which is pretty awesome. And you know, he's had that one book, and he's given yeah. everything to that book. And I, I can't imagine doing everything, like the I, time I that I'm like, like how far in advance does he have to have comics made just in case he falls behind? Because that's a lot. It's a lot, and um, not even just. I mean, from the practical side, you're totally right. But even yeah. just creatively finding yeah. inspiration in that same thing. And you know, to his credit, in fact. Uh, one time years ago now there was an image expo uh in san francisco one of the not wasn't the last one but it's one of the last one before they moved mm. uh, from berkeley to to uh, oregon but um there was a display so they would kind of they would do the image expo and then there'd be like a little party at a nearby museum sometimes they would do some kind of small event afterwards and at this particular showing it was all eric larson savage dragon art, or a lot of it was there was a, yeah. there was a mix but it was, it was a big display his art mm. and we got to chat with him at the show and he took us in the back and he took out his portfolio and he started showing us all this stuff he's done and like sometimes he'd be working on an issue and, and the pages are all double size and sometimes he'd be working on it and on this particular issue yeah. i just decided i was going to do this right and it made me realize that like when you love the characters you, you still have to find your inspiration and he yeah. would just find things that made it extra challenging for him yeah. because uh, i think artists need that i think yeah. The, the enemy of the artist is really complacency, right? When you feel like, oh, I get it. I know what I do. This is the thing I do. I do this. Yeah. And it's no longer, you're not searching yourself, trying to find something or, or beat yourself competitively and be better. Yeah. I think uh, that's when you see folks, uh, you stop paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. And I think yeah. so long as uh, you are, you have your eyes on something, you want something, you're hungry. It, it, it really uh, shows up in the art too. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, When you are drawing, what is the... Like, is there a frustrating part of what you do? Like the process? Mm, it's like a, like something that is extra challenging. I don't yeah, know. maybe a little extra challenging or just takes a lot of time to get through. Uh, I don't, I mean, every project has that challenge. And I guess yeah. compositionally, when you're doing your breakdowns and looking at it, you know mm. what stuff's going to be hard. It's usually just the, the pages that are more intricate or involved, like yeah. crowd scenes. You know, most artists that tell you they hate crowd scenes, they hate drawing horses, yeah. um, they hate drawing cars. I have those feelings to varying levels, but it's, yeah. I don't think any of it is a big deal anymore. And I think that just comes from doing enough of it. I yeah. don't love to draw horses, but ultimately, you know, you get a short <laughs> hand that you feel pretty confident in and you can do it. And these yeah. days, man, you don't, you know, you used to have to build all your cars from scratch using perspective. And yeah. uh, now you can kind of plug them in. You can use 3D models to help you save time. As long as the art sure. 
doesn't feel different for that part yeah. of it. And you're right. doing the same style you do everything else. It'll look yeah. uniform. But if it doesn't look uniform, I guess that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I see artists taking crazy shortcuts now. I mean, there's so many books I see with folks uh, just like taking photos, <laughs> manipulating backgrounds to try and save yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I would rather have something that looks less perfect, but it's more personal than something that yeah. looks uh, like you just pasted it in so you could keep moving, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, on the opposite side of that, what's the favorite thing to draw? Like facial expressions, fight scenes. Yeah. Like, what is your favorite? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a project. Of, uh, I, I know it's not the answer you want, but it's definitely project to project. But like, sure. sometimes you're comping something out, you just have this moment and you're like, man, the stuff that's most satisfying is when you hit it just exactly how your yeah. heart felt like it should be. And sometimes yeah. that doesn't happen. You know, I mean, yeah. people may, the art may look fine, but it's not yeah. quite what you intended. You know, you just miss the mark a little bit and that makes you crazy. But when yeah. you hit that thing just right, and it's, for me, it's usually in the inking when I'm because I I do really um, I don't have a real photorealistic style to begin with. But when I'm when I'm doing my comps, I've gotten to a point now where I'll do another round of revision to where they're pretty tight. Uh, mm -hmm. They're almost like layouts to the point when I go to pencil it, it, all the pieces are kind of in place, like the foundational yeah. stuff's all in place. So I don't have to think about the, the drawing as much as um, just kind of laying it out, making sure it's right, kind of double checking it. Yeah. But when I go to ink, for me, that's the fun. And so mm -hmm. I feel like you can be loose and you can find ways to, to push it and pull it. And depending on the book, you might add texture yeah. or there's just so much, there's so much you can do that is exciting or, or mm -hmm. I just really enjoy it. And I, I still work traditionally, I think for that reason, you know? Yeah. Man. I, I do work digitally if I need to, or if I'm going to color something or mm -hmm. I'm making revisions maybe, but um, I don't find it satisfying personally to work digitally. And I think it's because, and this this may just be from kind of being a, the generationally being just a little older, but I like to have something in my hand and I'm like, I made this, thing. you know, it yeah. just feels good. It feels like I did something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, with you too. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm analyzing and thinking about, you know, if you give me too many options to change it, I'm going to change it again and again. Whereas I, yeah. I feel like it, may, it forces me to commit. Yeah. And, and that commitment makes is the same thing. It also drives me to be like, okay, I committed. Did I like it? Or did yeah. I think maybe next time I'm going to try this? And I I feel like I'm slowly closing doors on what I don't like until you get to a point where you're like, I definitely like what I'm doing. And it yeah. gets better every year, right? I mean, if you're being critical with yourself, ho hopefully most artists yeah. are at least being objective with what they like and don't like. For sure. The goal is to continuously be improving. And, yeah, yeah. And I feel that. I feel that mostly when I look at the stuff, I say, oh, this is better than the last thing I did. And the next thing is going to be even better because hopefully you're yeah. inspired by what you're working on. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I, I would think that you would want to be better um, every time you're doing something. Hopefully. So, But yeah, you got to be humble, I think, uh, at the same time, right? There is a, a, a degree of humble that you need to be in order to recognize that you're getting better every single time. That means you have to- I, I think so too. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. And as an artist, like it's it's a crazy uh, tight walk though. You know, you have to be yeah. confident also or else you'll never yeah. get anything done. You'll, you'll yeah. walk in circles thinking, what if I'm not up to this? Or what if yeah. there was a better way to do this? You can make yourself crazy doing that too. And so yeah. it's a, it's, uh, I think, I don't know. It's a very difficult balance uh, where you- have to be honest with yourself enough mm -hmm. to find fault and still be yeah. confident enough to want to continue to move forward. I don't know what, the, I mean, that is not something that is nurtured so much as just sort of happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, know, I don't know an artist who doesn't deal with some version of that either. For sure. Yeah. That, that idea of uh, being a perfectionist, I think could be really dangerous, right? Cause you could spin your wheels on one page. I was interviewing a, a young man. Um, his name's Robert Geronimo and he writes a book called blood realm. Um, and, and, you know, he's an artist first, but he, he does it all right. Just like Eric does. 
And he said, the only problem about doing it all is you have to fight that perfectionist. Like this isn't quite right. I'm going to start over again. All of a sudden, right. You're on these timelines because you're still putting your work through a publisher and they need to have your book at a certain time. And he goes, I was fighting for a really long time of being on time with when they needed my work because I would go back and redo a page because it, it didn't come out the way that I wanted it to. And he goes, that's the hardest thing about being really hard on yourself is if if you allow it to, you go in circles for a very long time and it could be the, the destruction of your career if you don't get that under control. It, it can. And then on the other hand, if you just settle for everything you do because you go, that's good true. enough. You're, yeah. you're going to fail too. And there's a balance there. And, you know, yeah. it's not a clear line. It's something mm-hmm. that you kind of have to find for yourself. Um, yeah. You know, so really experience is the answer probably, right? Uh, just absolutely. Because you, and you also know what's not going to matter. Some things aren't just going to, they're just not yeah. going to matter because they're not that critical. And, but if you mm-hmm. treat everything with the same level of, of uh, critical eye, you're going to be struggling a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I feel like in comics, you usually, there's like two camps. There's this folks who are just really careful Mm-hmm. And the work doesn't come out as often, but when the work comes out, it's it's incredible, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then I tend to fall in the other camp where I'd rather just take a shot at it. And if mm-hmm. it's not right, I'll do it again. I'll do it twice, but at least yeah. I know I'll get better. And I just feel like um, that comes down to personal, like that's a behavioral thing. I, I mean, I, I couldn't justify one's not better than the other. It's just sort right. of like what you're built, how you're built, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I tend to just like to just jump in and yeah. get in and start moving that ink around. And if it's not right, and I know it's not right, then I'll just redraw it. But at least yeah. um, I'm not sitting still. You know, I like to I like to be moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, as far as moving forward after torn, I know you're working on a few things, but mm-hmm. can you share some of the things that you're currently working on that fans yeah. could, uh, you know, look forward to in their uh, comic book store? Yeah, uh, I'm work right now. The thing I'm drawing, uh, Torn is finished, and the trade just came out last week, so it's fresh. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I did see a post about the trade coming, and I wasn't sure when mm-hmm. it was arriving. But that's just, awesome. So if you haven't read it, that's a perfect way to get the whole story at once. It is, and it's honestly, it's a beautiful looking book. Uh, yeah. Keith just—he's such a good designer. The book looks yeah. incredible. Um, so right now I'm drawing. I'm, we're drawing a sequel book to Army of Darkness, Army of Darkness Forever. It's the 30th anniversary return. Nice. And Tony uh, pitched this idea. I don't know. Are you in Army of Darkness? You ever watch that movie when you were young? I have not, unfortunately, but I'm going to check it out after we're done with this. <laughs> it's a wild movie. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that. it out. I, you know, they're all, it's like an evolution of uh, those characters, right? Evil Dead and yeah. Evil Dead 2 and Army of yeah. Darkness. The, the story, I guess it's more relevant if you know the story, but yeah. originally there was an original ending to that story where Ash... Um, He's trying to get back to his time in the in the in Army of Darkness. He's sent back into the past, and he's in medieval mm-hmm. times, and he's fighting you know demon knight demon knights and all this stuff. And then uh, he's trying to get back his own time, and so he uses this potion and they you know using the the book to return. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to take like specifically seven drops of this stuff, and he takes uh, like eight or nine. Like he drips it in his mouth on accident or something. But yeah. he goes to sleep. But when he wakes up. He wakes up in the future, like, and he's stuck in this post-apocalyptic future that looks awful. And that was, and it just ends with him just like, no, you know, the ending of the book is he's just stuck. Or the ending <laughs> of the movie. Right? And uh, this, I guess the studio kicked it back. They're like, this is, the ending is too depressing. Like, you, yeah. you turn the, the movie this way. We want to see him return and then do yeah. something cool at the end. And uh, the, the studio ending was fine, but the original, like, that ending is pretty cool. And it kind of set up another story that yeah. never really happened. And so Tony said, you know what we should do? We should pick this we should pick the story up with the ash uh, the exact way that that ending would have been 
and yeah. sort of marry it to the other ending and sort of make one tale out of it that weaves those together nice. that continues to tell Ash Ash's story as to what happens in the future. Yeah. And um, I thought that was a pretty brilliant way into sure. the uh, world again, you know? Yeah, so yeah. We've been cooking away on it. I have I have four issues done. I'm working on the fifth one right now. And um, Is and it a five-part part arc or? It's a six-issue A six-issue uh-huh. Yeah, and I think the intention is to do 12 total. So we'll, okay. we'll see how they shake out. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely on for the first six. Like, we, like that part is settled. Nice. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And, and it's in, uh, I think FOC just closed last week. So that book's coming in October. I forget the dates. I think it's mid to late October. I think it's mid-October. I'll have to look it mm-hmm. up. But it's coming though. And what publisher is that through? Dynamite. I think they've done a oh, bunch Dynamite. of Dynamite, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um. And then I have a horror book I'm working on, which I've never done horror either. And nice. And then uh, Landry Walker and I, we worked on Last Siege together. He uh, came up with this really cool idea for a horror book that I just thought was totally awesome. And the thing I, it was, it just, it's a thing I haven't done, but I feel like I understand really well. I think horror, the power of like horror stories really is in the timing and the way you build it and the tension you build into it. And I just love that challenge. Yeah. And um, that has not been announced yet, but it is okay. coming uh, in the middle of next year, probably May. It sounds like May is going to be. Uh, yeah. Um, and now from uh, an art standpoint, does drawing Army of Darkness, does that help at all prepare for a horror book or not really? Um, I, mean, I would think there'd place, be some similarities from the darkness of the art, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's some overlap, right? But there's, yeah. a, there's a sense of humor that I feel like Army of Darkness has that. Yeah makes me well suited for it in the sense that i love that sort of sense of humor it's it's a little ridiculous i mean that's the fun of it it's like I yeah. change something, fighting demons i mean it's wild right yeah yeah and it, and it's super fun to draw yeah but the, the book we're working on the horror thing does not have that sense of humor i mean it is yeah. really like a tough and i have never really drawn anything that gross like it's a yeah. lot of creepy stuff <laughs> and a lot of gore yeah and so I, I i will return to that in a little while i had already started that series and i'll yeah. return to finish it but um that will be the next thing that comes after that. And then I do have one other project. It's it's uh, lined up a, a graphic novel I'm going to work on afterwards, but it's far enough away. To, I should probably be uh, a gentleman and keep it myself. But yeah, yeah, uh, I do have another project started for early next year that we're going to be kicking off, and I'm pretty excited about with a publisher I've never worked with, but I, I really respect yeah. and I'm excited to work with. So yeah, it's cool. It, Things are good. I can't complain. Luckily, there's uh, lots of interesting ideas floating around, which I love. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're continuously busy, and that's pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, that's. I probably uh, an amazing reflection of all your work and uh, the history of that work too. So congratulations. Thank you. you I know, think I a feel... lot of people want to stay busy and they fight to stay busy. It seems like uh, because of what you've been able to produce in your past, your future looks like it's pretty steady, which is awesome. I, th- I think so. Hopefully. Yeah. Thank you, man. You know, you, I mean, you never really know, right? You just hope that it is, but I remember finishing resurrection and feeling like, okay, if I could just get, you know, first you're just like, hopefully I can break in, you know, yeah, and then yeah. you, break, you do get a book out and you go, all right, hopefully I can get two books and maybe I can do two. Then people can see I have a track record, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you're so focused on just proving yourself that that feeling never goes. You always feel like the next thing could be the last one. You're always, you always have that fire under you. Um, yeah i don't know that that feeling ever goes away honestly i'll be curious probably not yeah probably not in the same way that hopefully that we're talking about that strive to improve is always there too hopefully those things yeah i mean it's a it's a balance for sure but um Mm -hmm. i don't know that sensibility just never goes away you always feel like i want to i think that produces the grind right you're willing to grind things through and uh you always want to be the very best at what you do because there is that sense like if i don't um, you know, it's a pretty competitive landscape. And so I want to say, 
Yeah, I want to yeah. stay at the top of my game because of that, right? Yeah, and more competitive all the time, I feel like. You know, uh, yeah. those avenues are all changing and shifting around. And if you're not uh, willing to adjust, you may be just left behind. So you got to be paying attention to what's going on, I think. You yeah. know, there's a lot, I think, broadly speaking, and I say this with absolute love for comics, but there's a lot easier ways to draw for a living, you know? I, I remember <laughs> yeah. in school, they were like, you know, you could do book, illustration, magazine, yeah. you go on animation, doing design work, and all that stuff is totally awesome. And yeah. at that time, this is like uh, 2005, probably, you know, comics was in a different place. Like, I think, I feel like comics is a little more accessible now. It's a little more mm -hmm. accepted broadly because yeah. of the movies and television connection makes it easier for people to relate to it or want to understand it or get involved in it. But, you know, at that time period, it was sort of like, you know, you could do comics. It's the hardest work to get and it doesn't yeah. matter, but it, yeah. you know, it's out there if you want to try that. And I just yeah. felt like if you're going to, if you're going to pursue your passions, pick the thing you really like the most. And if it doesn't yeah. work out, you'll, maybe you do one of the other ones. But, um, you know, you also don't stay with it unless you have that grind mentality too. Like you have to just love doing it. Yeah, uh, it's too much work. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, it just feels like why am I why am I bothering to work this hard? But um, yeah. if you really love it, you never have that sense of you never have that sense. You just think like this is pretty awesome that I get to do this every day. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, now, I understand you worked on Stumptown too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, when I took on uh, the Fuse around that time, I think uh, we started talking about working on Stumptown too. And for a yeah. while, they were overlapping. It was a, it was a lot of work. Yeah, you know, I did things in a, a really different order than most people. I got my first work pretty early, but I had another job. I, I would I would work a prose job super early in the morning, and then I would okay. come home and I would work on comics in the afternoon and the evening. Okay. And, uh, I had that that um, pattern that cycle for like a few years, and mm. then around the time we started having kids i had i felt like look if you're gonna really get serious about this you either need to decide this is a hobby and just do it on the side and just yeah. slow down and really focus on on your work work or you need to really commit and go all the way and and go full-time and do this thing yeah and um that's a tough decision when you got a family man yeah it was a tough decision and, and I, I look at it and think it's really crazy because uh you know i decided to wait until we had two kids to give that a shot um, you yeah. know, luckily it worked out, but, um, yeah. you know, it could have not worked out too. And I guess, you know, I just would have done something else, whatever. But, mm -hmm. but, um, at that time I felt like, well, you know what I'll do? I'll take on two series at the same time. And if one doesn't work out, at least I have the other one. It, I felt like there was some security in that. Yeah. Although looking back the pace was, was kind of insane, but I worked on Stumptown at the same time as the fuse and they just, yeah. I would go back and forth. Like every three or four weeks, I would jump back from one to the other. And we just had a lot of lead time. Yeah. Um, and were you involved on the tv show too yeah yeah we were i mean i wasn't heavily involved you know yeah uh, i thought it said I, you were executive producer or something yeah. like i mean yeah, that yeah, seems sure. like you're a little more than maybe not heavily but that seems pretty close to heavily maybe well, the time no i does, mean but I, it, it is a trip for sure to yeah. think about that time period and for me that's a very specific time and it's because that when you really make that jump it, yeah. it feels formative like the other stuff does you know every in your life you have certain landmarks that you hit that you're like you feel like oh now i'm doing something new yeah and i remember late nights working i'll be working on Stumptown. it's like two or three in the morning because the, the you know the babies are down and i was working and i just felt like man this is crazy but you feel as if you're just doing you're just working on this book and you know it's just greg and, and the and uh and the rest of the creative team but like it's a very small group and it yeah. feels very personal you know we're just making the story and you're like oh, i wonder if people are going to read this thing and then years later, suddenly it gets translated into a television show and suddenly you can catch it on, on, you know, ABC and you're just like, this is yeah. it's, the change in scope is so surreal. Yeah. And, um, and it was awesome. And it was cool to see, to see it all come about. And when I, fortunately for me, thankfully, uh, 
Greg, as a real collaborator, said, when you come onto this book, I want you to treat it like it's yours and I want you to be a part of it. And we'll, you know, you'll, so long as you continue to work on it, um, yeah. you can be a, a financial partner on it too. You're, you're a true partner in the book, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so when the time came to adapt it, and we and that deal got made. We we came along as part of the deal, which is pretty. That's awesome. cool, man. What a great was, experience, great. huh? Yeah, it was. It would, I mean, just a trip, you know, going yeah. down there and watching that, and the and like the scale of it, you know, going down and watching them put together an episode, and they're filming something that's kind of similar to what you drew. Yeah, <laughs> there were two of you, and now you're down there with sixty people watching this thing get put together. Blocked yeah. <laughs> off, and you're like, man, this is it. This really is a trip. That's awesome, man. Yeah, when I read that, I'm like, wow, what a awesome experience to kind of throw in the middle of your career, yeah. man, which is just amazing. I mean, I, I think not for everybody, right. But I, I know so many comic book creators that their goal and their dream is that they could create a story that's so good that one day it could be picked up as either a TV series or a movie yeah. or something like that. And uh, it doesn't sound like that was your goal or anybody's goal, but then it gets picked up and for you to get that experience. I mean, you got to, be part of something yeah. that I think a lot of creators dream of, right? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, that you're you're right about that. Actually, in fact, that pri- that sense of prioritizing is totally accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, my goal yeah. is to make really cool comics, but yeah. if they are so cool that somebody looks at that idea and goes, you know, that would make and also would make a good something else, and then I feel like go for it. That's awesome. I'd love to see that happen. I, I mean, y- you'll talk to a lot of comics folks who all have something that's been developed or is in development, and most of the time it just doesn't happen because it's yeah. like like comics, but on a much bigger financial scale, there's a lot of reasons why those those decisions get made and you don't have any control of it, you know? And so you can only hope that the person you gave your idea to has mm-hmm. is, is true to the spirit of it and wants to make that thing as good as you hope it can be. Yeah. But like you never know, you know? And in the case of Stumptown, they actually did make something really true to that spirit and it was it was good. Yeah. yeah. Bad luck in the timing because uh, COVID happened and the, and the show got a reversal. So it got a green light for second season and then it didn't happen. But, yeah. you know, I can't even believe it happened in the first place. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a trip. It's a bummer when it happened. But I look back and think, wow, it's cool. We even had any any part yeah. of this and that it actually ended up being so great. And that in time, we'll see what happens. And, you know, yeah. you just never know. We have other stuff in development, too. And like you, you watch it and you wait and see what's going to happen. And. And recently we had a project that they're finalizing right now paperwork and you just say to yourself, that would be awesome. It's not yeah. the thing I intended to do, but if somebody yeah. else does some cool version of it, it that's yeah. even better. It can only put a bigger audience into that comic. As Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So it's kind yeah. of a win-win in that way. And you just, um, when those experiences do happen, it's just a trip because there, there are so many steps that have to happen to get to the point it actually gets made. It's just, it's crazy. Totally yeah. crazy. That's amazing. I, I'm happy you had that experience. But one of my last questions, Justin, is, um, you know, before we got on, we were kind of talking about creator own Kickstarters, yeah. those type of things. Yeah. Um, it seems like you're extremely busy, but will there be a day where maybe you do create something that you do everything where you're the writer, the artist? Like, have you already thought about something that like you would like to do if you ever had a little bit of time and throw it out yeah. there? Yeah. yeah, I think the thing about comics that we're talking about that drive, I mean, for every project you're working on, there's like three of them that you're not like you have yeah. a, an idea that you've gotten to some point in development and you maybe mm-hmm. you've worked up some sketches, maybe you have finished pages and you're like, I want to do this someday. Yeah. Um, and I have probably four or five of those. A couple of them are getting close to We'll start pitching them soon. Yeah. Um, that I love. But in most, in almost, actually, no, in all of those cases, I'm either co-writing or, you know, we, we developed it together from the yeah. very, very beginning. That's awesome. But they're not, I'm not the only person on, on any of them. On, on sure. all of them, we partnered up. But so, in some cases, it started with an idea. I had some type of cases that started idea that a, a writer friend had. But, you know, I don't know where they, like in, in 
all those cases, I don't know where they're going to end up yet. Yeah. Now, right now we just work on making a good idea. And when we're sure it's a developed good idea that we can kind of explain easily by having some samples, then we'll take them around and see what the best fit for it is. And if, yeah. if we thought the best fit was Kickstarter or Zoop or one of these, these crowdfunded uh, groups, yeah, you know, maybe that's the route it'll go. Like t- time will tell. But yeah. also the way we talked about it, I find that it's a, it's a daunting prospect to run a Kickstarter, you know? Um, and fortunately, I mean, knock on wood, most yeah. publishers are just willing to look at whatever we have to show because we do have a track record that you, you have a track record. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I do. You know what I do. Hopefully, uh, here's yeah. a thing that we're working on. Does this appeal to you or not? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's much better I, than a Kickstarter. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you, the other thing is these days you can do the Kickstarter and still do that. I mean, it's not like yeah. those roads are, 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 um, exclusive anymore. And so because That's true, not, good point, um, good point that becomes a, a bigger draw. Like maybe we do that, you know? Yeah. I just saw, I was looking at uh, a Kickstarter recently that funded to like these big numbers and yeah. And I know for sure that thing is going to be a book, uh, probably an image in like a year, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, there's things like, man, smart move. You know, you basically paid for all the production part and now you'll just partner as a, with a publisher to put it out. It's a, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's people with your type of experience that do go over to Kickstarter and some of them are raising a half a million million dollars for their book. Um, So, I mean, it's, it could be extremely lucrative when you have a track record of producing stuff that you, you know, you built your own fan base. So there is always that opportunity, you know? Yeah. You never know. So, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say no, no to that idea. It's just not first. And honestly, I don't get super hung up on where things are going to end up at the point where we're just building it. We're just trying to like, it's like uh, sketching or probably like writing. I I always, I always come back to music. It's like, you're just kind of feeling it out. And as you find that, you're like, dang, this is cool. And then as it becomes something, you have a better sense for where that audience might be, you know, where that thing's going to fit. And it's different for every project. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see how things go then. I almost think if that is your goal, it could cloud your ability to be creative too, right? Because now your motive has changed. And as opposed to just creating something unique that uh, fans would love, all of a sudden you're thinking about, you know, the success of it before you even get to it. So yeah, I could see that could be against you, right? I see it with publishers sometimes. I see publishers who are so clearly chasing um, media deals and movies and TV and the projects yeah. just feel like little blueprints and yeah. it's so yeah. boring honestly I mean like you're not getting a pure vision of something if you're worried yeah. about who's going to play this actor when this when you're drawing this book I think yeah. you've I think you've made a mistake I think you're not being true to the spirit of the thing you're trying to sell you know yeah such the a goal good. is to make cool is to make cool stuff and then hopefully and then you know it's like it's it's just a series of steps you make the cool mm-hmm. thing find a place to bring it out and then maybe yeah. later something happens great but you know, I'm not, I don't get hung up on that part. Yeah. 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 Well, Justin, I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to share or anything that we maybe missed that you're, uh, you're kind of involved with that you wanted everybody to know, or did we cover most of it? I think you did a good job. This is awesome. Yeah. It's nice talking to you. I think, um, Torrent came out this week. Please check out the book. I'll absolutely love yeah. it. It's a, it's out through image. Um, army of darkness is coming out in October. If you like nice. the art and you like uh, Tony is a fantastic writer. If you, if you have ever been familiar with his projects, this is really true to his sense of humor and my own too. It's a very fun book. It's a very fun take on army of darkness. Yeah. Uh, it's very fun. If you like uh, lots of violence and heads getting cut off, and, you know, yeah, I enjoy all that. The good stuff. Yeah, all, all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jess, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you uh, making some time for me. I'm hoping that we could do this again down the future. And uh, man, I wish you the very best. Big fan of your work. And uh, yeah, I agree. If you haven't read Torrent, you're making a mistake, man. It's such a good story. And the art is amazing. 
Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, man. It's good to good to meet you and good chat with you. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right, you too. Thanks, man. All right, talk soon. Bye bye.